0: The Cubs' offense finally shows signs of life, but is it enough to climb out of dead last in the majors? The Hawks pull a golden opportunity against the Preds while the Knights stay hot with nine straight wins. And will Ryan Pace really find the Bears
1: a QB? Beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports sports, 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 sports,
0: sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mundus. an in your face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! Ah! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smackwagon. Uh-huh. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T. Dog
1: Wiltberger. Another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes coming at you live for Memorex.
0: Good morning, Potato Heads. What's going on, L.V.?
1: Good morning. Man, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got uh NFL stuff happening and it NHL stuff happening. We even have uh Dallas MGA happenings. Whatever talking that means. Medi-
0: talking some mediocre golf, is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and we got some We got some You got a couple great- things you want to bring up too, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: we got some fun baseball news. We got some sad football news, and no, we're not talking about the Bears draft prospects. But we will talk about that.
1: But first... What do you got,
0: what do you got there? What,
1: what do something? I have there? Go oh.
0: ahead. Let's let's hear it. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't do Monday morning couch potatoes without an ice cold beer. I like it. There you go. Rock and roll. Yeah, a lot of shit to talk about today, man. Crazy stuff going on. I know we beat the shit out of the Cubs last week with... Uh, with their uh woeful offense. and They finally came to life, but we'll see if it's enough. But no, let's uh we got a lot to talk about. What do you want to get into first, man? Well,
1: let's uh let's talk. talk some
0: MGA, mediocre golf.
1: We can, but I, I thought maybe we'd want to start off uh with somebody we all know. Not personally. I don't know him personally. But you did. Uh, You've yes, you met score. him. Right?
0: Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. So you want to start on a somber note? I'm with you. I'm with you. That's probably the respectful thing to do. Yeah, man, unfortunate. Unfortunate that uh, for you Bear fans out there, I'm sure you're aware. I've seen a lot of things on Facebook and that. And Steve Mongo McMichael uh, letting everyone know that he's been diagnosed with ALS. Now, you being the medical guy, I'm sure you got skinny on what that means and what that's all about. I know it's not good. And I don't know if you saw pictures of him recently. Man, he it it looks it looks rough. It's really taking a toll on him.
1: Yeah, it's a um, it's Lou Gehrig's disease. That's what yeah. ALS is. So it's a progressive neuro degenerative disease that affects nerve cells in the brain and the spinal cord. There is no cure for it, though. Ugh. Yeah, said I mean he was he was just such a staple in the middle of that monsters of the
0: midway defense in, in, when did he start? 80, 81, somewhere around there until the early nineties. And you know, it's great. Did you, have you been uh, reading up about any of the stuff this week with, is it made it out by you? I don't think so. Yeah. They, what was coming up was how his uh, last year up in green Bay. And, you know, he went up and played his last year there and he basically said, yeah, I went up there I pretty much was done. Couldn't play anymore. My knees were shot. So where else did I want to go? But let me go to Green Bay and take some money away from them. Nice. And, yeah. So, I mean, just a class act Chicago Bear, thick and thin, through and through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did have a a chance to meet him. He came out, actually, um, uh, where I used to live up in Illinois. And McHenry, they used to have, um, I don't know, I'm sure they still do, but they used to have McHenry days, whatever the hell they call them, fiesta days or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that was when it was either that it was 4th of July weekend or whatever. And he came out and they, cause they always had bands up in the, uh, over by the lake. And, uh, he came up there and, um, was just hanging out, smoking cigarettes, drinking beer. Uh, he'd take a picture with you. So I got a picture with him and I mean, the guy's got freaking meat hooks for hands. I mean, it looks like the, looks like he's got, you know, he's wearing catcher gloves on each hand. Um, and he's just sitting there signing footballs and drinking and smoking and the nicest guy, you know, I mean, he's some small little shit town in Northern Illinois and he's out there just hanging out and drinking and smoking. And, um, you know, you have a lot of bear fans out there. We're happy to see him, but yeah, unfortunately, uh, doesn't even look like him anymore, man. Poor guy is just struggling with this, uh, this, uh, ALS man. It sucks.
1: Well, we put our, our hearts are out to him and his family. Yeah. And, uh, Man, how do you, how do you yeah. transition? How do you transition to the yeah, next episode? That's it. So State of fans, have a
0: good one. We're out. <laughs> We're gonna go drink our beer. And no, I mean, it was it is what it is, man. I mean, it's it just sucks when you you hear. It's like when you know. I remember when I found out that like Walter Payton passed away, and you know was dealing with his cancer and all that stuff. And yeah, it's, it's tough when you you grow up with these guys, and you know, I mean, it's no different than. You know, if somebody passes suddenly, like with, you know, all the fans with Kobe Bryant, it was such a shock when he passed recently. And you see these guys who are larger than life and, you know, they get cut down by something they can't even see, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard, but you know, it's part of life. You get it. It's still tough to see. Cause you know, these guys were out there just entertaining and wanting to make people happy. And, um, you know, he was one of the ones that would be out there with the fans, you know? Um, I know they, you know, there's been a lot of former Bears reaching out. Gary Fensick popped out there and said, you know, it was kinda like, you know, he was the one that kind of mentioned with uh, you know, Walter how that shook and he's the same thing here. He's like, you can't believe that uh, you know, Mongo is is in this condition. So, yeah, that sucks. So definitely, yeah, tough, tough, uh tough to uh hear and uh tough to tough to listen to, but there you go, man. Love you,
1: Mongo. Sorry, bud. So Let's talk some golf. Now there was some some professional golf that was happening today. Actually, it was the what was it? Um, uh, PGA Tour today, and it ended up going into a overtime. Uh, It was Smith Smith and Leishman won the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. But what we really want to do. And I'm going to cue in the clip that I took. I was, I, you were out, uh, at the Dallas North Texas MGA tournament there, T Dog, weren't you? You got it. Yep. And, uh, I told you, I said, hey, man, I need a, I need a, uh, I just need like a, a a clip of, you know, what went down. And I know when you were out there, you got me one. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to play this clip that this is, uh, Basically, just to set up the premises, this is one of the players out there that was ready, you know, could win the, the whole tournament. And all, all he had to do was make a really good, clean shot. But this is what ended up happening. Oh, oh my aching nerves. Really? Oh, so. Really? Well, I didn't I just see. hit that 45 yards. I didn't see that one coming. Well, I guess he, I guess they didn't see that one coming. It was pretty horrible.
0: My aching nerves. That's a, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I didn't you
1: play that shit last week? Maybe I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so Dallas, North Texas, uh, or should I say North Dallas? Uh, Greg Madrid is the uh, leader of the MGA out there. Uh, they had their first uh, North Dallas Rebel Beach MM, and uh, the winner out there was Kevin Jordan, scoring an eighty-eight wins a. A dollar twelve, there, Tim. A dollar nice. twelve, nice. And that's, uh, a, that's a big,
0: big novelty check. I hope that he got one of those big ones. That yes. are, like made of
1: cardboard. The big check, absolutely. And then most mediocre was Charles Fry. Biggest meltdown was Brandon O'Neill. or yeah, O'Neill. Longest drive was Jim Gets. And closest to the, to the pin was Brian Peck. And gross award was Mike Pryor. But let's see here. Uh, I'm going to look at the full event page because I'm curious to see where the T-Dog would have landed if he really was out there. Ooh. So they had 53 people. One did not finish. And uh, guess what the worst score was out there, T-Dog? 119. 119 would get you about 49th out of 52. Ooh. Um 136. Solid. Whoa, 136. That's some mediocre golf right there, baby. We're not going to call his name out. Who was who that? Come on. Oh, should we? All right. Well, maybe I shouldn't. Rusto. <laughs> <laughs> the name alone is, is oh, that's the didn't did not finish here. Jacob Ishmael. There you go. You are a solid. Solid last place player. But the good thing about coming in last place, he gets the red key for the next tournament. Nice. So he is in it. But it was a great turnout. 50, 56 to kick off the season. Honorable mention would go out to Mike P- Pryor and Andrew Mixon, who took down the paired title. MM outfits were pretty strong. I'm looking at the f- the video, uh, the photos that they sent me. And we want to do... Uh, Escamilla and Castillo won a couple's massage for their collaboration on their pitchers. And uh, Kevin Jordan, you got to be quite proud of that solid 85. If only Vegas can just be... Well, Vegas did it first this year. So they're a little bit behind Dallas. But hopefully the T-Dog can be out there and and, uh, swinging away with some of those knuckleheads. Yep, got to do it. Got to be done, my friends. So uh, thank you, Dallas, for sending out your information, and uh, we're happy to listen to the Vegas-Dallas rivalry that's going to be happening here soon. I'm pretty sure of that. And you know, let's honest, let's be honest though. We really, you know, we wanted to hear that Smith and Leishman from the PGA were today's winners over a couple of uh, a par putt after a couple of overtime holes. So what you got on the dockets there, T Dog? Oh man. Well, you know, we, uh, what are we going
0: to talk about? We talked, well, we let's, let's talk a little, let's talk a little hockey, man. It looks like it's, we're getting down to the stretch here and shit. One team's going one way and one's going the other. How about it? We talked about it last week, man. The Hawks had a big opportunity to, to try and make something happen. Yeah. Uh, here against the Preds and they lost two out of three. Uh, I just, and and I they, think the, the one was an overtime, I was gonna say, and they win, gave that, them a point. Yeah, it was an overtime right.
1: win, but they also gave them a point. So, right. I mean, their
0: only win. The rest of them, and they straight up lost. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think they lost three to one on Friday, and so yeah, it, it's got to. It had to be a pretty, pretty bum, bum out weekend for them, knowing that they pretty much sealed their fate with that. <laughs> they I, did. I know yeah. they're a couple, two, three points now behind Dallas. Um. Yeah, that was tough, man. They needed it. They needed that to take minimum two out of three, but really needed all three. Oh, so not Com- looking good for the. Hawks. Oh yeah,
1: they needed they, that. Actually, those two out of three losses actually kicked them down to sixth place. Dallas yeah. is now ahead of Chicago with a game in hand and only two points out of uh, out of uh, fourth place, which will get you into the playoffs. The bottom line is whoever's going to be in fourth place in that division if it's Nashville, Dallas, Chicago um probably not going to move on to the next round. Not yeah. looking terribly good. Maybe Dal- I mean maybe Dallas as they're starting to, you know, heat up a little bit. They're 7-1 and 2 over the last 10. Yeah. But you still got to go through Carolina, Florida, and Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting. Yeah, but
0: regard, I mean, but you know what? You get in there, man. It's anybody's. You get into a series and anybody can, you know, somebody gets hot, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I so, wouldn't say it's necessarily impossible, but um, the Hawks are what? Five points behind with eight games left. It's going to be a tough hill to climb. And you know, like to your point, even if they make that climb, what are they going to do? I mean, they're just, they're just not playing well right now. So no,
1: they, they unlike, they're unlike the Knights shit, nine in a row. Oh, yeah, yeah. one nine in a row. They're nine and one in their last 10. Uh, they've been, they. this is their, uh, the last game they played, which was against Anaheim, which obviously is the worst, one of the worst teams. Well, it's the worst team in the, in the West. And they ended up winning, beating them five to two or five to one. And then uh, they've won a few games five with five goals scored over the last few games that they've played. Uh, I think they have like 17 total games that they've won with five or more points. So they're, they are scoring points. Yeah. Actually, they were the first uh, team to clinch a playoff, uh, to be in the playoffs. Colorado has now followed suit, and so has Minnesota in the west. So all three of those teams are in. There's still a battle just by one point out for Arizona and St. Louis. But Vegas has to keep winning, though, Tim. Uh, because, you, I mean, you got to say that it's pretty safe
0: to say the Knights and the avalanche are probably the two of the best teams in the league. I mean, wouldn't you say that they're the two, probably the two top two teams. I know you'd, you'd put Pittsburgh up there too in Carolina, but you yeah. probably could make an argument that you have the two best teams in the entire league out there in the West going at it right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, they could be the The, the question is, and this is what's been driving me nuts this whole season is Really, they're, they're as good as they are in the division that they're in, right? So, I mean, really, what Vegas has to battle Colorado nine times, Minnesota nine times, all of them nine times. But really, Arizona, St. Louis, San Jose, Los Angeles, and Anaheim are pretty, St. Louis is questionable. They've been up and down, but they're pretty bad teams. Just like Central, you know, Chicago, Detroit, Columbus. Who would have thought Columbus would have been in last place? Yeah, but,
0: I know that these division makeups, the way they did the schedule, makes it a little bit harder, and it is going to be anybody's game. But just just looking at the way the Knights and and Avalanche have sort of just controlled. I mean, they're I think they're number one and number two in in goal differential by far in the league. Um, I think it's. I think it, when I looked the other day, it was like they were at least close yeah, to 20 points ahead of, of the next team, which I think was Carolina or, or like Golds, Florida in differentials. Yeah. Yeah. The difference between goals for and yeah, goals 57, against, 53, good, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good level of, you know, to measure su- the success there right now. And I think that's well, I mean, it seems like they're playing really well.
1: Colorado was coming off of a COVID issue. Uh, this past week, so they had a pushback. Come some games, Colorado still has eleven games to play. Uh, Vegas is four games ahead of Colorado right now, uh, but Vegas only has nine games left, so they have uh, two games in hand. Colorado does, and Vegas still needs to win. I mean, you you want to have home home ice advantage for these playoffs. You absolutely want to have that. Especially Mm -hmm. if you are Vegas right now has the most points in the league. They're at 70 points. So theoretically they could have home ice advantage all the way through the whole playoffs. All the way to the Stanley cup, obviously, because they have the best, they have the best record in the NHL right now and their home, you know, they're 18, four and two at home. I mean, they're nine wins. Tim have been there's been a couple of close games, but basically they've been playing Arizona, San Jose, Los Angeles. They've been playing the bottom of the line. So what's interesting enough is the Vegas has the next uh nine games. They're gonna be playing Colorado and Minnesota for most of the, the rest of the season, for the rest of the nine games. And that's really how we're gonna measure if Vegas is who we think they are. Which you have them, you know. Which you see them as a top team in the NHL, Mm -hmm. Uh, Carolina. You know, if you look at the Central, Carolina is is in first, but they're only one point. Dude, Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, one point separates each one of them. That's gonna. I mean, they're coming down to the wire, man. I can't tell you, Tampa Bay could be the first place team, in they're two points out of first. Um, Going to the East. It's kind of the same thing. Pittsburgh and Washington—they're one point out. That can flip flop. The Islanders are at sixty-three points total. Maybe they can make a push, but really, I don't think there's enough time for them to get into second or third because they're like five, no four, three—they're three points out. They they could, but Washington, and Pittsburgh is pretty good, and then you have the you have the uh, the North, the North. And you've got, basically, Toronto's running away, running away with it. I mean, they're 65 points. The next closest team is 57. So really, um, I don't even see their fourth and fifth place was Montreal and Calgary. And Vancouver's only played 41 games because they had a huge COVID uh, outbreak up in Vancouver, up in hmm. BC. And um, they I think they were thinking it was more of the... Um, the hybrid COVID, but nevertheless, I mean, they have, you know, they, they still have f- what, f- 14 games or 15 games still to play. Uh, do they even need to? I mean, they could, it's, that could be 30 points. That yeah. could put them at 71. That would put them in first if they finished out the year with all wins, but I don't know. Their, their last game they, they won. Um, but, it's it's Canada, and the other crazy thing about the hockey season is, you know, with the borders being closed, you may end up seeing, you may end up seeing the team from Canada, the teams from Canada, come down and play in a neutral site here in in the United States.
0: Yeah, if they're if it's their home team, you mean their home games will be in the in the states. Yeah, yeah I, I bet that is going to be the case.
1: Yeah, so you know, that <clears throat> is that really going to be a advantage for Canada again? I mean, I, I don't know. What, they haven't won a Stanley Cup in probably like 20-plus years, probably since uh, the Canadians did it back in the 80s. So maybe it's been 30 years. But nevertheless, yeah, I am looking forward to uh, the the postseason for the NHL. I'm looking forward to seeing how these teams play out. It would be interesting. I mean, you can have a Vegas-Carolina Playing against each other in the to get into the cup, and you can have a Pittsburgh-Toronto. You can have the you know it's going to be interesting. I think. What's your What's your thoughts? Uh, anything else to add to the whole NHL? I mean, bottom <laughs> bottom line is the 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 Blackhawks are not going to the Stanley Stanley Cup at all.
0: Oh, then there you go. Then we got nothing else to talk about. Let's move on.
1: But Stillman agrees to a three-year contract with the Blackhawks. It's a defense, gets $1.35 million annually. But I don't think he's that spectacular no. to really care. They're, they're, I mean, Chicago really – and we'll have to get into this uh, throughout the playoffs and maybe postseason. But we'll have to get into a little bit more about how, what Chicago really needs to do in the postseason or after the season <clears> – <throat> And uh trade and uh free agency deadline um for them to you know make a splash or or compete in next season's uh playoff, you know, next season's games.
0: Yeah, otherwise they're gonna get like smack wagoned all <laughs> podcast season long. Well you you can't,
1: know, that's like uh, can't... you know that's like John Madala trying to smackwag the Sox. Problem is the Sox have been winning, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have been. Mm-hmm. Have they not? Speaking of winning, I don't know if you were watching this, T-Dog, but what a game out in L.A. Yeah, I did watch the
0: ending of that. I watched What a crazy comeback. Uh, Dodgers up 7-1, and uh, I'm sure my kid was just hating life with them coming back and tying it, and then crazy couple of extra innings before holding on to win it. I think the uh, Dodgers put two on in the bottom of the bottom of the inning to, to try to make a comeback and then they blew it.
1: Yeah. You're, you're saying two on base, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They had runners at first and second. I think nobody out.
1: Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I thought they were going to at least, you know, come back and Mookie going. That's
0: to... up there, but he popped out, I think to center field and then uh ground ball up the middle. Corey Seager to end it.
1: Hey, a little little history there. Um, basically, Tatis hits his third home run in a row in L.A., which is hasn't. I don't think that's ever happened. An opposing te- player has hit three consecutive home runs in L.A. Oh well, there you go. So that's a little bit of history out there for you, potato heads. But I'm sure they'll forget all about it. We'll forget all about it when you start talking about your your Cubs. That you know, I got a nice text from you the other day, and I got to hear it from Madala. You know about that? You guys are starting to you know hit out of that wet paper bag.
0: Fif- starting to hit out of the wet paper bag. That's a that's a fair statement. And then they laid a big egg on Sunday in a out to the. Uh, the Brewers and what I mean it it was actually the same shitty formula that they've been losing earlier in the year. You know the the, the starting pitcher actually makes a strong strong run. Um, typically before it was a starting pitcher getting into trouble in the middle of you know four five sixth inning whatever. Uh, but in this case, Arietta pitched well, went six innings, quality start, only gave up one run. They had a one nothing lead going into I believe the ninth. Um eighth or ninth and gave up six freaking runs or something like that. They lost seven to nothing. I mean, it was just, yeah, uh, it was not, it was not fun to watch. They gave
1: up five runs in the top of the ninth. There it is. And uh, lost six to nothing.
0: Yeah. But I mean, you know, I know last week we were talking about that they were in some pretty, there was some, it's looking at some historical numbers on how bad their offense was. Um, And they were just not fun to watch either because they were striking out and, um, you know, chasing bad balls. It seemed like it was a lot of the same shit that got them in trouble before, um, you know, when the offense was struggling with, you know, and and Javi Baez was striking out a ton. And, you know, I get it. These guys are power hitters. They're going to strike out a lot. Brian's going to strike out. Baez, same thing. Um, you know, Rizzo's got the shift he's got to go against now. So those loopers he would hit out into right field just aren't there anymore.
1: Um, I thought Rizzo, but I thought they did the shift against Rizzo quite a bit. Is that something? Yeah, well, they do. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it started, you know, probably four or five years ago. Um, you know, he's, it's definitely made a difference in his career. He has made a conscious effort to try to hit it into left field and try to spray the ball, but um, that's easier said than done. Uh, but it's at least you know what the Cubs—they did have some runs there where they scored, um, or they had a little stretch there where they scored a lot of runs. Uh, they started hitting the ball, and I'm happy to say they are no longer in last place in Major League Baseball for their batting average. They are hitting over 200. I think they're up to 216 coming into today's game. And there's five teams that are shittier. Or you got the Giants, the Brewers, the Tigers, and surprisingly the Yankees and the Indians who are all hitting lower than Chicago. Oh, that's and we said, and I had said last week, man, I mean, this is early in the season. Yeah, they're struggling. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I mean, ultimately, having the problems that they've had on offense, we saw it last year. It's carrying over into this year. It's a long season. We'll see how things go. But um, at least they're not in the bottom of the major leagues anymore. They, gotta they be, got to be
1: that going for them, man. I'm sure they're first in strikeouts or pretty damn close to it. So they had, as a team, they had 30 at-bats, 4 hits today, 2 walks, and 11 Ks. So you think the, you think the uh, Cubs are first in strikeouts? You want to bet? Why do I want to bet the, you? Because the
0: Texas Rangers, <laughs> that team strikes out a lot. Oh, okay. Way more than
1: Chicago. Well, bottom line is you guys left 12 men on. That's shameful. That's that pitiful. That is the bottom
0: line, isn't
1: it? And... As I was saying today, as you were saying today, I'm just going to reiterate it. I love how the stadium is like a quarter filled. So now when you lose, it's like you really do lose. You know what I'm saying? Welcome to. Yeah. It's like like going to a White Sox game. (laughs) Welcome to the White Sox game. We're used to not having a full stadium. But you, my friend, Mm -hmm. get used to it. Speaking of the White Sox. That's COVID. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. They they played Texas today. So right now the Sox are over 500. They're 12 and 9. They've won the last few games actually. Uh they had 33 at bats, they had 8 runs, 11 hits, 8 RBIs, 6 walks, 5 strikeouts and they left 14 men on base. But your Texas Rangers had 12 strikeouts. And they scored 4. It looks like our middle relief is not doing so hot, as John Mandala has mentioned to me a couple of times. They gave up three runs in the top of the six, but other than that, yet another good outing. Uh, even uh, Mercedes, which is the rookie sensation, he had a hit and a walk, but he did lower his average. He was hitting like four four twenty six. Now he's hitting four fourteen. Oh, there you go. You know, you, you can't keep, he, there's no way he can keep shredding those numbers.
0: Well, if it wasn't for Detroit, the Rangers would be the worst team in the American League. So, if, if it they're was, a terrible, they're a terrible baseball team. But the Tigers are, they're going to make a run for probably the most
1: losses what <laughs> in, is it? in uh, history. I know. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see if they, they make uh, the most losses in history. <laughs> Kopech is, is the winning pitcher for the White Sox. Uh, five. Innings pitch, four hits, one run, one earned, and struck out 10. That's a solid performance. Gave up a home run. And then uh, who's the guy? Oh, Stiver? St- Stiver? Stiver. No innings pitch, four hits, three runs, three earned. Ouch. That can't be good. <laughs> but nevertheless, the White Sox are doing what they need to do. Unfortunately... And I'm just going to go back and just I just want to double-check one thing. I just want to look at the standings overall because I feel like that needs to be talked about. Oh, White Sox, second place in their division. They've won four in a row. They're one and a half games back of Kansas City, who's been on a quite of a tear, and they're 13-7, and seven, who also Kansas City has won four in a row. So they were in last place, and they've jumped all the way up to second in the division. They're playing Detroit. April twenty seventh, but then we go to the we go to Chicago Cubbies. Ooh, they're are f- 2nd to the last place. <laughs> they're under five hundred, ten and eleven. They've lost two in a row, and now they are get to play Atlanta. So uh, one of our friends it's two in a row to the first place Brewers. So it's even worse. Even worse. Yeah, they're thirteen and eight. They've won two in a row. They're looking good. But uh, they're—I think they're playing Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta, and I believe they're playing Atlanta on Wednesday night baseball or Monday night baseball. Monday night, twenty sixth. That'd be Monday. Yep. Uh, Dodgers just had their first loss, as we talked about uh, uh, over the last couple of games. But they're fifteen and seven. San Diego is giving them a hard time. We talked about it. It's going to be a fun. That's going to be a fun series all the way to the
0: end of the year. That, or the you know those yeah, two teams going They're not ahead. going
1: to play them uh, anytime soon. But when they get back to playing San Diego again, man, it's going to be a great series. Maybe we'll even see the the benches clear. That'd be pretty awesome. Oh, so speaking of you know weirdness in because we were talking about the Cubs. But speaking of, speaking of weirdness, what's up with this whole? Uh, double header games are only seven innings,
0: yeah, I was surprised that that actually carried over from and you know they obviously they had some things with covid um, last year, and they made some changes to how they were going to uh, get through the season with the limited games and and everything else and so they you know double headers were set to seven innings i didn't actually know that that carried over. And the reason why it's even become, you know, it's a question is because you said that Bumgarner threw seven no-hit innings, right? Yep, yep. But it's not, it does not officially count as a no-hitter, as as the baseball historians have said that a no-hitter has to be officially nine innings, or at least nine innings of no-hit ball.
1: Yeah. So...
0: even though it was a no hitter, it technically doesn't count. Now, the the interesting thing what what surprises me is about that <clears throat> is well, it doesn't surprise me, it just maybe it's just surprises me that I didn't know this. That I thought if as long as it's an official game, if there was a game that was wiped out because of weather or whatever, that if the you know, if it was official, that it would be counted as a no hitter, but I guess that's not the case. And I thought maybe it was just I don't know I had a brain fart or something but
1: no. That's kind of
0: interesting. If yeah. you're going to go if you're going to change it and say that 7 innings is the um going to be the new norm for doubleheaders then you got to recognize that as a no-hitter. But if you're only doing it let's say they decided just to do it for this year and it was just because of you know whatever, COVID, they could call it, say it's because of COVID, but um that part just doesn't make any sense to me. If you're talking about just having guys, you know, making sure you don't aren't getting guys hurt and stuff like that, I guess I could see that. and I'm mm. you know, not having that's a full that's season a or whatever. Yeah, but.
1: That's a stretch. But I mean it I, is a full Doubleheaders
0: were nine innings before. What the what's the why did they keep I don't know why they kept that? It doesn't make any
1: no, sense. First off, you you okay, so you have a doubleheader, they were always nine innings. They were always until the game was over. You can even go into extra innings on a double header. Mm-hmm. You can, have, you can have extra innings on the first game and then have extra innings on the second game. Question would have been interesting if they would have had zero zero tie going into the bottom of the seventh. They would have had to play the eighth and potentially a ninth, and he could have had the record of a no-hitter for the official record. As they were saying on um, Sunday Night Baseball, they were mentioning it and they were saying, well, you know, it's not fair that the guys that have been recognized for the no hitters for nine innings. Well, there you go, Tim. You were just saying, but they, but MLB changed the rules. that That's why should you be any less of a, of a, or not be considered part of a, the no hitter club because MLB changed the rules. It wasn't like, Baumgartner changed the rules. Yeah,
0: I know, but I think it's I and think partly hold it's on because
1: this is COVID.
0: You know, I hear you, but here's the no, other no, thing. That's not what I was going to say. I was going to say part part of the reason is is because it's temporary. This is not going to be permanent going forward. If this was a permanent
1: thing, then they might have said, "Okay, okay so well, why that's a permanent thing?" That's we need fine. To do it. But. So why is it temporary? Because of COVID.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I Thank think you. it has to do with the burden of, you know,
1: them okay. having to reschedule so games me, that are postponed. Due let to COVID. me just, this is what makes things, this is what makes it all funny. So, what do you think happened after the end of the seventh inning when he got his shutout? And they shook hands and went on their merry way. Oh, yeah. They shook hands. They The whole team <laughs> jumped on him pretty much and was all, you know, it's a super spreader. <laughs> <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose of what they're doing, right? Well, we don't want to keep, you know, we don't want to have the two teams playing a lot of contact, even though there's not a lot of contact in baseball, you know, to, to increase their risk of potentially catching COVID. Well, watch after the game. Watch the watch the replay on MLB tonight.com. You'll see the whole team, the whole team, you just throw a shout-out to MLB.com
0: out there? Yeah. Are they sponsoring us or something? No, what do you got going on? Not at all.
1: I'm just saying, if you want to watch the clip, that's where you can find it. And there, the whole team right. just jumps on his head. Shaking his head up super close, whatever. Okay, he, he deserves not COVID
0: now. Who gives a shit?
1: <laughs> they, <laughs> could have, they could have played nine
0: innings is what I'm getting at. I gotcha. So you know what? He doesn't get a no-hitter who gives a shit. Bumgarner is a bum anyway. It's in his name. It's official.
1: Well oh dang. Well, we said last week that we were gonna go ahead and talk a little bit of football since we have the NFL draft coming up here. You know what? Actually, now that you got me all saucy, we're gonna hold off on the NFL draft. Oh.
0: You know what? I, I think we I think we gotta to touch on something real quick first because I don't know if I mentioned this to you earlier this week, but I had something that really kind of we don't we don't talk a lot of NBA basketball on here, right? And uh Whatever. You know what? We'll talk NBA basketball if our potato heads want to hear it. Need to let us know. Right? But there was some NBA basketball that really got to me this week. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this or you, you know, obviously unless you live under a rock, you know a lot of the stuff that's going on right now with with uh, you know, the trial up in Minnesota and all the different things going on with the police officers and Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all that, all that stuff that's going on. Right. I mean, again, we know everything's going on. We get it, but just, just like with everything, you know, there's always um, now the world we live in with social media and everything else and all these, these superstars out there that have their, uh, you know, their social media platforms that they speak on. They got a lot of people following them, listening to them, and you know the things they post and the things they say have influence, That's and true. the influence comes with consequences, right? And um, I don't know if now I think do you have a clip for me? I think I asked you to uh, grab yeah, a clip. Yeah, do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. You ready? What? Yeah. What I want? What I want, I want to? I want to set this up. So this actually go ahead and play the clip. No, no. And then we'll get in. You want it. to set it up? You can. No, go ahead and play it. All right. Here we go. Um. I mean, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not here to judge um, how the league handled the situation. Um, You know, I just think that, you know, when you're misinformed or you're not educated about something, um, and and I'm just talking about, um, you know, the tweet itself, you know, you never know the ramifications that can happen. Um, And, um, you know, we all seen what that did. Uh, Not only did um, for our league, um, but for all of us in America, uh, for people – in China as well and sometimes you have to think through uh things that you say that may cause harm not
1: only for yourself but for 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 the majority of people
0: There you go. So obviously you know what that whose voice that is. That's LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers who is no secret to controversy with his social media platforms and the things that he tweets and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he when the police officer up in Minneapolis was convicted, he tweet said a tweet out that said um uh, what was the word he said? It was uh, accountability right Yeah hashtag right. accountability, whatever the case may be. Now we all know the tragedy of the 16 year old girl uh, who was was shot by police after she you know w- called the police and they went to the house and they ended up getting in an, you know they shot her and she had a knife in her hand and was about to plunge it into the chest of of another person right? Mm -hmm. Saw it on the video and everything else. And so LeBron James throws out a tweet with a picture of that police officer saying, you're next, right? And, you know, hashtag accountability. Now, the thing that really chapped, and and a lot of people jumped on this, was how he could throw that tweet out there, right, and not – you know, throw it out there knowing full well that the police officer was trying to save the life of somebody else. But all he put it out there as is this was another African American shot by a police officer, right? So he throws that tweet out there, it get you know, and everybody starts getting all over him. He deletes the tweet. Now to me, if you're a man and you're gonna sit there and you're gonna call out Rockets General Manager Daryl Morey, which is what that Sound clip was it you, you played? That was him calling him out mm. for a tweet that he did with uh, the something about Hong Kong a few years back and was the anti-government protests and things that were going on there. And he criticized the general manager by, of not being, quote-unquote, educated on the situation and having, you know, you need to know that when you tweet something, it could have consequences.
1: Yeah, Even so financial. Consequences.
0: Yeah, and yeah. so what does what does James lebum James do? Ooh. He deletes the tweet and he says, "I deleted it because it's just creating more hate." Really? No, jackass. You deleted it because you know you made a mistake. You were angry. You didn't have all the facts. You didn't listen first and get educated. Instead you decide you're just going to throw that out there and throw more fire on a situation that didn't need any fire to begin with. And why? Because you didn't educate yourself. You didn't look to actually see what was going on, and instead, you're going to do that. I would have been more impressed if he would have came out and said, you know what, I screwed up. I'm sorry. I did it in anger. I should have waited. I should have paid attention. But no, he didn't. And that's why the smack wagon is coming for LeBum James. Sorry man. Had to get that out. Had to get that out. No, I was is. just shocked. Unbelievable. It was it just you know what the hip the hypocrisy mm-hmm. from him is get is, it's just it's bad. And you look back, I did a little bit more research. You look back on some of the other shit that he has said and tweeted and done, the guy's a hypocrite, man. He just of really course. is so Anyway, so I wanted to get I wanted to kind of we needed nice. somebody to get a good smack wagon this week. So
1: absolutely. And That's him. and he did what he had to do to to be on the show. I mean, it was pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> there you go. But the bottom but line yeah, is let's, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. Um what makes it interesting is the fact that he deleted it almost instantly as quickly as he put it up. Which was he just like getting ready to type that up and then he was like, well, let me think about it. Let me get the fat oh I hit send. Oh. Yeah. And right. then, Did and then, break. and then deleted it. No, it's, that's exactly what it wasn't. And, you know,
0: and rightfully so, so he got railed for it by a lot of people. Yeah. And then he came out and he has since come out and said, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was angry or whatever, but you know what? You be a man, yeah, especially in today's world where this is like instant you, you, you put that stuff out there in the world. It is instantly it's going to, and it's going to be there forever. So you can't bullshit your way out of that stuff. You have to come out and say, you know what? I messed up. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to be a better man. And I'm going to be a better tweeter or Twitter, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. And he didn't do that. Instead, he, he took the coward's way. And um, now he's got a smack wagon running up his ass. I love it. All right. All right. Well, you know what? it's good he got the smack wagon because now we don't have to give give it to Ryan Pace because the NFL draft is upon us. <laughs> yes, right. And holy shit, is he? He's got to be sweating his balls off right now. Yeah. Think about it. Because what is he going to do? He's got the what is he got? The twentieth pick in the NFL draft. So what a crazy ride though it's been for the you know. What, do you remember the last time? Can you like think back and remember the last time the Bears were? Had this much press going into the draft? Oh man, I can't. I can't remember the last. I, I other than you know when I can't even think. Maybe back in the late nineties when they had some high picks up there, and they you know they had like you know who they draft Curtis Enos with like the fourth overall or something. Or Rashan Salam, you remember those picks? Oh yeah. Just you know, I I don't remember the last time there was this much buzz around a team that doesn't even have a top. 10 pick <laughs> it's, you know, it's just there because they've been in, it seems like the bears have been in every conversation, right? Oh, this have been this in every trade. Season.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, I just don't remember it being ever being like that. So, um, but anyway, I, it's going to be, inter- this is going to be fun to watch, you know, just to see how this breaks down. Cause I, we've talked about this so many times. We don't, I don't think the bears really have the draft capital or any other capital for that matter to really make a major move. Um, unless they completely sell the farm, right? Um, because I know, you know, so Which you, as you and I have kind of, what's that? Which they still could. They could still sell the farm. They could. They could, but I don't even know if that's going to be enough. I know a, a report recently came out that um, Detroit is willing to trade out of the number seven pick, right? Um, who's their GM? Um, oh, what was his name? I don't know, it doesn't matter. Brad Holmes, I think, is a general manager, but whatever. He's he said he'd he'd be looking to trade out of that number seven pick. We've heard Atlanta potentially trading out of four, but now they might be leaning towards um, you know, potentially getting a replacement for Matt Ryan, or maybe even go after the top who many feel is the top player in the draft, and that's um that tackle from uh Oregon, uh, Panay Sewell. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, so the with Detroit looking to possibly trade, what would the Bears have to do to move up to seven? And would they want to if there's one of the five quarterbacks? If there's two of the five, maybe. But I looked back, and the most recent trade of a team jumping out of 20 into the top 10 is back in 2019 when the Steelers traded up from the um, – uh, the 20th pick overall, they went to number 10 with the Broncos. So the Broncos traded back and gave the Steelers the number 10 pick and the Broncos got the 20th overall pick. They also got the Broncos' second round pick that year and then a 2020 f- third rounder. So not a, bad, not a bad trade, right? But would mm-hmm. that be enough to pry the seventh pick away from the Lions? I don't think it would be knowing with Detroit, knowing how desperate these guys are, whether it's the bears or the Patriots or anybody
1: else trying to get up and potentially grab one of those quarterbacks. Well, I mean, Detroit has nothing. Detroit's not going to do a a bear. You know, Detroit's not going to do the bears any favors. That's for sure. Well, and that's the, that's a great point. That's the other
0: thing. Would they want to trade up with a conference, you know, a conference team? And, And for the most part, you probably, I mean, it's not, that's not necessarily all that unusual simply because, you know, there's no necessarily ways, that, you know, you can't say like these things are always going to work out that way. Um, But I don't know. I mean, that, that, that is a good point on whether they would want to help a team within their division in the long run. Um, have we seen stuff like that? Sure. I mean, there's been some trades uh, with teams within the division, but you're right. It is relatively rare.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll see. You know, if the Bears are even willing to do it, I mean, they might. And well, I, yeah,
0: that's a good point. I mean, I mean, ultimately, the way I look at it is, I, I so I looked at where, how, who I would pick if the Bears stayed put. Right, figuring where you know at that moment who would be the you know I, I basically gave it like three or four you know, plus or minus three or four as far as where these guys rank, knowing what these guys need. And I know early on you and I, you and I talked about the <clears throat> the offensive tackle needs that they have, right? This is a great draft for that. There's a lot of good offensive linemen. There's a lot of great receivers available. A lot of this is this on paper is is there's a lot of good talent out there. Um I personally think the Bears need to stay put. That's my two cents. I think they need to stay put. They need to get one of these stud offensive tackles. And I think a guy like, uh, and that, uh, Tevin Jenkins, which is the one I think you mentioned a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, um, draft, mm-hmm. that, uh, he's, that's the, the kid from Oklahoma State. Very athletic, big guy. Yep. Six um, six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he's very effective, very good with his feet. Um, you know he doesn't have a lot of you know a lot of things that are going against him. Very agile, very powerful. That's the kind of guy that you could put on the offensive line, and he's a ten to fifteen year guy. That's what they're calling him. You know he's not the top tackle in the in the in the draft, but the Bears aren't going to get him anyway. Right? Yeah. Bears are not going to get Sewell falling to them, or or I don't think Derosaw is going to fall to them from Virginia Tech. All right, he's the other one that I would have liked to see in that first half, but I don't think I don't think he's going to get past. He's not going to get out of the top fifteen, to me. Or is neither is uh, uh, Slater from Northwestern. But would you trade so, up? But I th- would you trade up for
1: one of those guys though?
0: I don't think so. I, I because there's enough. I mean, even if you, even if you have to fall into the second round, um, or if you wanted to reach at twenty, you could do it with like the the kid from Texas uh, or the. um Well, Leatherwood would be a bit of a reach, but there's enough. I mean, remember Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. His draft stock is falling. You know, he was a top, he was a first-round draft talent, and now he's, I don't even think he's in the top 10 offensive, or he may be in the lower top 10 for offensive tackle right now. Mm. So he might be a steal in that second round where the Bears are sitting at, I think, 52nd. So you could go after, the Bears could go after maybe a wide receiver, you know, maybe like a, um, uh, what's his name, Kadarius Tony from Florida, or God, what about Rondell a a Moore? Rash, well, Rashad Bateman. Uh, you, you know what, Rondell Moore? I think I actually, when I did my like my mock draft, so I had Tevin Jenkins going with number one and number two. I had them taking Rondell Moore. You're talking from Purdue. Yeah, yeah. He was he was available in my draft at um, fifty-two. So I actually took him. It was between him and uh, the other Moore, Elijah Moore from uh, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they need, you know, they need so much right now. They need offensive line, they need a receiver, they need a cornerback. Yes, we need a quarterback, but I don't think this is the year to get it. Now, it's the year to get it, but I don't think we have enough to give up. I think we're going to, if we did it, we'd have to give up way too much. Um, to try to get one of the guys. I think San Francisco actually is pretty set on Justin Fields at number three. At least that's what the rumors are saying. So, you know, you know Lawrence is going one, Wilson's going number two. Could Trey Lance fall to like number seven? Because if he falls to number eight, Carolina's gonna take him, right? If he falls to number nine, Denver's gonna take him. So Lance isn't making it out of the top ten. But um
1: Yeah. You know, if atlanta because I, I 'cause
0: I don't I mean we just don't know what the hell Atlanta's gonna do. You know, that's the hard part as well. Well are they gonna trade out?
1: Man, yeah, that's a good question. Trey Lance though, sophomore out of out of North Dakota State. I almost feel like that's like a Trubitsky kind of deal. You know? <laughs> well, not nah, play, he's, not, he's not playing got- as many years and yeah, he's For sure. Definitely
0: more, he's more athletic than Trubisky, though.
1: He's definitely more athletic. And I mean, what quarterback? What quarterback? Okay, what quarterback's going to be there at twenty? Well,
0: nobody. That that's the problem. Your quarterback class right now is about four
1: guys. Uh, <laughs> that's what
0: it looks it, like. It's about it's about five. You've got
1: you basically could say you've got, you know, of course you got your top dog, Trevor okay. Lawrence. You got Zach. Wilson's Maybe Mac Jones. Two. Maybe Mac Jones falls all the way down. That's that's the thing. The
0: the Patriots are high on him. The Vikings could potentially take him at fourteen as a replacement for Kirk Cousins. Um Washington would most likely look at him at nineteen. So I don't think he's slipping out of the top he's getting to number twenty. And, like and the, after that, Ron, it's a huge drop off. Not huge, but it's a yeah, it's significant. Late, it, if you're getting, if you're going for a quarterback in the second round, you're reaching. You know whether you're talking about Kellen Mond from Texas A&M or or the the kid uh, from Stanford, Davis Mills, the one that we talked about last week that the the Bears are suddenly all all excited about, and he's played. You know he's taken twelve snaps. Yeah. Well, he's taken more than twelve snaps. But you get my point. He's played like eleven games. It's Trubisky 2.0, right? Or at least that's what people are going to say. Now, on paper, is he, you know, and does he have the athletics, well, and everything look good? Yeah, of course he does. But so sure. does Trubisky. Yeah,
1: and what scares you know. me about uh, Davis Mills is if he really did play 11 games. I mean, he's a senior, so what did he do with all the other years? Why wasn't he playing? Well, he did. Well, he didn't.
0: I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I don't know that he played last. Did he play in the last one? I don't know if he played in this most recent season. He might have sat out for COVID, and he played in the first. I mean, one, I, no, he has. Or no, he did. I think he did play five or six games. But um, he's dude. He's physically gifted. I mean, he throws. He's he's got great ball control. He spreads the ball around well. He's he's actually he's a pretty damn good elusive quarterback from you know what I've read about him. Yeah. Um. But he's also he's also one of those guys that, and this is the knock that they had on our boy Rex Grossman that he was a little late on getting that ball out of his hands. And yeah. I don't know if we want somebody back there getting smacked around, you know, no,
1: it, you know, not getting Let, the ball out of his let's, hands. So. Let's be honest. We've got Andy Dalton. Yeah. That, man, what are you going to do? That, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's, that, that's what we have. And that's yeah. what the bears, that is what, that is what we have. And that's what the bears are going to have to do. You know, it's better to have Andy Dalton than this guy. The Booger Man. Hey, it's better to have him than the Booger Man.
0: Well, and you know what? We have talked. We have beaten the shit out of pace like crazy, and even Matt Nagy to some extent. You know, the Bears have been, what, now 500? They're basically a 500 team the last couple of years. Is this really a make or – I mean, we talked about it. Is This is a make or break season for for pace. Well, that's what, that's I mean, what they're
1: saying, right? Or but but think about it. But they need to set up it, for future is what they need to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, if this is a make or break season then isn't it already over? I mean, in the minds of if we don't I mean, because even if we go and trade, you know, give away a bunch of capital to try to move up to number 4 or number 7 and get a young QB, aren't aren't they essentially saying give us a couple more years, give us a redo and, you know, we've got it this time? because if not then why the hell not trade down out of 20 and go and try to get you know maybe another add another second and third rounder or something like that some team that's going to be desperate to jump up and grab one of those wide receivers or or cornerbacks um because the Bear, you know the bears are we talked about they're low on cap space yeah um and you know you got what is it Robinson Quinn Mac Hicks these are all the guys that are taking up all your your cap, skate, yeah. cap space and um the the, Ryan Pace's draft record is poor. I mean, there's not a lot of players that are left on this team that he drafted. Most of his first-rounders are gone. Kevin White's gone. Um, Leonard, Leonard Floyd is, Floyd is gone. And obviously, Tr- Trubisky's gone, right? Yeah. And so this is – so they didn't – let's see. They didn't have a first-round pick last year or the year before because of Khalil Mack. So 2018 – that would have been their last one. Who the hell did they draft in 2018? See, I don't even freaking remember. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, Roquan Smith. Yeah, Smith. Okay, who's, who's a great, great pick, right? You know, he knocked it out of the park on that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I, I just think it's going to be way too tough. And and not only that, dude, Pace has is historically has ignored
1: the offensive
0: tackle position. This is a year for him to nail
1: that. Yeah and he's going so, to be
0: able to do that at 20 with the talent that's going to be there.
1: So the so really Pace has two options. He either trades up to and I don't know I'm not even saying trading up to get a quarterback. I'm saying maybe he's trading up to get somebody, you know, that's going to be a if it's his guy, if it's right. his guy. I mean if they got his guy. But realistically, it's either he stays pet, he stays right there at 20 or as you said, he he trades out and he gets out of 20, and he tries to recoup some of the you know, the draft picks that he gave away on certain deals and get some O-line and maybe get a wide receiver out there or well, something. You
0: need a cornerback. I mean, you got rid of Kyle Fuller. He was a cap casualty, so you need to get somebody on the other side to Jalen Johnson, and this is a good draft to do that in as well. You know what I mean? So you you that's why I'm saying I just don't see the value in trading up. Even if you're trying to get, you know, you know, you're you're trying to get your guy. Don't blow one of those picks. I mean, you could you could even I wouldn't be upset if they even went corner in the first round because you know guy the somebody like Greg Newsom from Northwestern is going to fall to them potentially. Uh, Caleb Farley is a late first round pick out of Virginia Tech. But even if you had to get down into the later rounds, I have them, my draft, I I was taking Calvin Calvin Joseph out of Kentucky, right? So there's there's talent out there that they can go and get and not trade at all for, you know, who knows what to move up and and get somebody. I, I don't even know if I trust him drafting a quarterback or the Bears for that matter. So the Bears did you so let me ask you a question there, Mr. L V. The Bears have selected five first round quarterbacks in the common draft era. Do you know who they are? Uh Mitch. Can you, can you name him? <laughs> uh, Mitch is one. Mitch. Mitch is one. That's an easy one.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, who, are the, who are the other four? Wasn't there a it was a black guy in like the eighties?
0: No, 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 no. First round. In the common draft era. First round in the common draft era. I don't know what they're defining as a common draft era, but I think it only goes back to like um, 68 or 9 or something like that, but whatever. They've Uh, only drafted five quarterbacks. Trubisky was one. uh, Grossman. Before him was Rex Grossman. He went, I think, number 16 or number 22 overall, something like that. Um. Before him... Was, was a big bust from UCLA. Harbaugh?
1: No. Nope. Nope. Cade McNown. Oh, that's right. Can't before him, him was Harbaugh. Yeah, he yeah. went to
0: Michigan. He was drafted in 90, 90 91, 92, somewhere in there. Mm. And then, of course, before that was McMahon out of BYU. That's it. So we don't pick. There's no, there's no franchise quarterback in that
1: lot at all. <laughs> no. And the reality of it is... is- that's what one of the reasons why well it's not one of the reasons why we haven't been to the Super Bowl. It just seems like one we either have a really good offense or we have a really good defense but we never have both at the same time. Unfortunately. A lot,
0: uh, yeah, a lot of teams don't unless you draft a really good you, you know there's teams out there that have made you know the quarterback falls into your lap. That's one thing. But you actually make a good a good quarterback choice, you know, like a Russell Wilson, then you got yourself a Super Bowl quarterback. Potentially, we don't have
1: that. no. And even if we had that, we don't have the, we don't have the people around him that's going to make him a better quarterback either. Right? He's going to be in the same position as he was on the Seahawks, and I don't even know why we're talking about Russell Quarter Russell uh, Westbrook. Russell,
0: Russell, we'll see. Where now we got NBA on the brain. Yeah, right. See what, Le, see what LeBum James did to us. LeBum James. No, so so anyway, there's my 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 first three rounds for the Bears. Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State. Take him in the first round. You got your offensive tackle. You grab Rondell Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue, with the in your second round there. Unless you know some one of the other ones falls to you. You know, if Tony falls to you, great. Um. Maybe a Terrence Marshall. I think you mentioned his name, Terrence Marshall Jr. from from LSU. I don't think he's going to fall that far, but, uh, you know, great. If not, go for him. And then third round, Kelvin J- Joseph, cornerback out of Kentucky. Yeah. Boom. Took care of your top three needs. And then after that, you can get into – I actually drafted Kendall Green. Um, uh, where are we at here? I actually – let's see. So I drafted – come on. What happened here? Uh, 164 overall guard Kendall Green out of Illinois, and then in their um, what is it fifth round picks I get just or their sixth round Justin Hilliard linebacker out of Ohio State, Kyiris Tonga defensive lineman out of BYU, Mm -hmm. and then Cole Van Lannan offensive tackle out of Wisconsin because they still need offensive help there, and then their last pick quarterback Ian Book Notre Dame. So they get their quarterback, Ian Book, baby, Ian Book. Overall, my draft mock draft simulator gave me an A minus. That's pretty damn good.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. I would suspect <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to next week's uh, podcast as we're probably going to grade pace on his picks. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! And uh, we also need to talk a little bit about Las Vegas Raiders. We'll get that. We'll get. We'll follow up on next week's podcast about the Raiders and the Cowboys, yeah. right? But yep. at the end of the day, man, uh, listen. When Pace does what he needs to do to make the team better, at the end of the day, we're the only thing that we're going to need to say is. He's got to go. Is he's That's gotta, probably exactly what's going to happen. He's got to go, my friend. I'm telling you. You've been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MM Couch Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any farter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potatoes Podcast is for general purposes only. Thanks for listening. I'm Tony Gonzalez.